Get Ripple, the bright new drink with that ring-a-ding flavor, Ripple. Hello. Oh, we're starting? I started. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Angela. I'm Rosa. We never say that. Oh, I'm Rosa. I'm Angela. This is the Ripple Podcast. You probably won't be able to tell us apart. Uh, I am the smarter one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I sometimes can't tell us apart when I'm listening back. No, me too, actually. But yeah. it doesn't really matter. We're the same person. We're, it's like takes two of us to make one. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the Ripple Podcast. This is, this is our podcast. We're sisters. We created a podcast. And we have a bat mascot now His name that is lives with us. Herman? Herbert. 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 Uh, we didn't scream when he made his ap- appearance no. a little while ago. We've kind of made friends with him. He's just kind of like hanging out, flying around when he wants to. Yeah. Check um, out our Instagram. Um, I'm going to post a little video I took of him flying around. Oh, God. Are you going to post that? People what? are going to see where we are. It's so creepy. Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we don't mess around. This is like our legit pod loft. This is not some cushy padded walls road master caster road what the hell are you talking about oh the roadcaster that's like what all the real podcasters have to like make their sounds and stuff i've never even heard of that before oh i'm in the podcast world angela oh, show us how much i know mm-hmm. okay yeah. no this is this is <laughs> when you're us when you're the ripple podcast this is where you record oh whatever totally i'm not worried about it nope um do you have any stories for me? Anything to tell me about your last couple weeks since we haven't recorded? We haven't. We're, it's just been so crazy busy just in the last couple days. So this is a Sunday we're recording on. Um, Friday night, I had a huge event that I had to help with. I did, was part of a, a fundraising for my daughter's school that was mm. like super fancy. That's Rosa, by the way. That's something you'll never hear me, Angela, say. Super fancy? No, that I'm going to some school fundraiser. Uh, Sorry. I'll mail you my money and you can send me a box of cookies. Well, I was, I'm on the board for it. Another thing you'll never hear me say. (laughs) And so that was, took up my Friday and Friday evening. Saturday morning, I taught a succulent wreath making class. Directly from there, I went to a wedding. Directly from there, I went to a pool party barbecue. See, you get to go do all the fun things. I missed recording because the first time we set to record, my dog had explosive diarrhea (laughs) and I had to take him to the vet to get Jardia medication. (laughs) The second time I had to skip recording is because I had to go to a work conference in Visalia, which actually is kind of cool. I thought it was going to be awful. It was actually hey, kind of cool. Hey, Angela. Um, so we can't record tonight because your dog is shitting everywhere. <laughs> Can you record Thursday? Sure, Rosa. I'll see you there. Okay. Rosa calls Angela. Doesn't answer. Rosa texts Angela. She doesn't answer. Are we recording? Are we recording? Oh, um, I'm like three hours away from home. So I'm probably <laughs> not going to make it to record tonight. I guess we could have done it over Zoom. Mm-mm. That's no fun. What am I drinking? Mm. Okay, first, you need to describe it. Uh, I don't know, like, what it looks like. It looks like soda. Really? Yeah, it looks oh, like... Um, it's supposed to look like a black potion. It's it's black. Oh, it I is mean, dark. It yeah. is dark, dark I'm holding black. it up to the light. This is going to make my poop look... Oh, I didn't even think terrible. about that. Terrible. 
So it's really <laughs> everyone dark has black. now officially turned off this episode. We've mentioned poop how many times? Oh yeah, because the expl- I'm like we did. Yeah. Um, this is called Dirty Lemonade, and I bought it from Walmart. Oh, oh. And it's have you heard of the black water? No. What's you having it? Charcoal. Uh, it has. I looked it up. It's some sort of mineral. It is called fluvic minerals. I don't. Oh no, sorry, fulvic minerals. Oh my gosh! Do you know I, what a fulvic mineral is? I I paid a lot of money for a bag of fulvic min- minerals. Oh, you can get it at Walmart. Oh, it probably is a lot cheaper than what I paid. And this tastes like lemonade. Oh, that's really good for you. Really, really. What good does it for do? You. Um, it's like a detoxer. It gets all of your. It's kind of like um, combination of coconut oil and um, essential oils and crystals. It like cleans your body that I'm way. I'm pretty sure my liver does that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it's it tastes like lemonade. I actually added a little bit of uh, lemoncello liqueur on top to make it a little bit bubbly. Okay, make it fancy. But yeah, there's no alcohol or anything. It's just this black Wait. lemonade. We're drinking a drink with no alcohol? No, I, I have alcohol too. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Um, no, but this I wanted to try separate. So it's called Black Dirty Lemonade, and you just buy it in the bottle. And I thought it would be really cool to make cocktails with because you could make, you know, spooky-style cocktails by turning it black with this mixer. Yeah, that is cool. It is fun. So I brought a couple of things. Um, this is <laughs> something I want you to try. This is something that I picked up at Trader Joe's. This I was is there a today. separate drink. Okay. Um, this is called the Shell House Pumpkin Spiked Seltzer Water. Why did you laugh? Have you tried this? Is it terrible? Try it. Oh, oh dude, try it. <laughs> why? why? <laughs> it must be no, really bad. So imagine a White Claw, but pumpkin spice flavor. I drank a lot of White Claws last night. Not cold. Oh, well. Oh, it smells like a candle. (laughs) It smells like, it smells like I walked into Bath and Body Works when they're doing their uh fall scents. Give it a taste. Does it smell, does it taste like Bath and Body Works? Freaking tastes like potpourri to me. But I didn't really know what I was expecting. Oh, 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 that's terrible. Oh, Uh uh-uh. It tastes like. Bath and Body Works. It tastes like perfume. It does. And the thing is, I I mean, that is can you imagine? Like, but would, it, would you expect it to be good? That's the thing. Like, I bought it knowing full well it was going to taste like crap. But I still bought it because I'm like, oh, pumpkin spice. What? But how did they even, like, get approved to sell this? Because it has pumpkin spice and it's pumpkin spice season. I don't know. And what makes it even worse? Okay, so when I bought this, I didn't realize because it was in like the water juice section before you got to the alcohol. So I thought it was just like a LaCroix type thing. I thought it was just flavored sparkling water. Oh, it says spiked seltzer water. So I had it left in my car after I went to the gym one day. Did it explode in there? No, it didn't explode, unfortunately. That might have been a better alternative for it. At least your car smelled good. Yeah, right? Um, I didn't realize it was alcoholic, so I grabbed one because I had run out of water. Yes, that was fantastic. And I freaking downed it. It tasted awful. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, shit. I just basically drank a beer in the the parking Parking lot lot of the gym sitting in my car 
So, yeah, it's pretty awful, but I had to share. Thanks. I appreciate You're welcome. it. But the black lemonade isn't bad. It's really not. It's not super strong lemonade flavor. It's kind of like at all. lemon water. Yeah, I wouldn't have even called it lemonade. Mm-hmm. Okay. We are off of our map. We haven't, we've been getting so many yeah. listener request stories, which is super cool. Like we said I'm before. I'm with the map. Um, but we haven't been to the map for a while. That's so okay. I don't even really know what you're doing. I don't even know what your story is about tonight. Okay. Well, this is a listener suggestion. Okay. And this is based off of the theme that we ended up not going with last time we talked. Movies. Which was the movies, okay. right? That's funny because so, I had someone send me a, a movie one too. Oh, really? Which uh-huh. movie? I'm not going to tell you because I might oh, do it. You might do it? Uh-huh. Maybe I'm doing it right now. Oh, shit. We'll see. Okay. Okay. So. You mentioned last time some of your favorite horror movies, which were um, Blair Witch Project, Scream. Um, That's fine. It? <laughs> Steve, yeah, it. Okay, so Scream. Yeah. Along with a lot of other well-known horror movies that are like top of the chart horror movies are made by this guy. Have you heard of Wes Craven? Oh, uh, yeah. I might have you, heard that name once or twice before. Oh, really? Oh, heck yeah. I'm oh. a horror movie junkie. Okay, so you know all about him. Well, no, I don't. I mean, I know it's But you know, like, his movies. Yeah, like I don't know. His, like, does he have a cool story? I'm going to tell you. Oh, is that what you're telling me about? That's what I'm telling you oh, about. Oh, cool. Okay. So this is, remember when we first originally started this podcast and we named it The <laughs> Ripple because it was going to be, like, one story, and we're going to tell you the story after the story, right. and we're going to tell you what happened after that and The how Ripples, that, the story right, created. all of the ripples. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to the original Ripple idea, which we haven't done in a while. No, it's been a bit. Uh, and this is going to be kind of going down the rabbit hole. I'm going to go from one story Wormhole. to another. I have, like, four different holes. <laughs> All right. I'm so 12. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about my holes. So first, Wes Craven, American film director. He directed this whole Scream series. There's what, like four Scream movies. He did Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, The People Under the Stairs. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Neither have I. Um, I mean, so many. So okay. many big name horror movies. Uh my soul to take cursed i feel like he's like a stephen kingish kind of yeah um let me see if i recognize some of the others swamp thing he did the remake of swamp thing uh inside deep throat oh that's not really a horror movie that sounds like a porno (laughs) let me tell you again about my holes right um anyway so big time like he's he is like the the horror movie dude of our generation absolutely But let me tell you a little bit about his upbringing. So Wes Craven, you might be surprised to find out that he was actually raised in a strict Baptist household where he wasn't even allowed to watch movies growing up. And he lost... Like movies, period? Yeah, like movies, period. Oh. And he actually lost his father when he was only five years old. His upbringing was super religious and very just strict. And he came from this world where violence and chaos lurked just beneath the surface of everyday life huh i mean i kind of like that saying i mean not that it's a happy saying but it's like kind of true yeah kind of creepy so he found himself drawn to writing and philosophy when he was in college and he eventually earned his master's degree at john hopkins so like super smart dude Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he became working as a professor professor craven Professor Craven. 
Okay, and as he was working as a professor, he did some short films, and he just kind of fell in love with filmmaking. So he eventually ended up quitting the teaching job, as we know, and he moved his wife and two kids to New York City. Where, where, he where found, was he before? Um, you know, <clears throat> around not New York City. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know that place. And he soon found himself getting steady work in the, what industry do you think? Porn. You got it. Are you kidding me? The flourishing porn industry. Oh, I was totally trying to be funny. And while he was there, he met Sean S. Cunningham, who eventually directed Friday the 13th. Really? Yeah. So What's wrong? How? What was his role in the porn industry? I don't know. And was it he didn't a really. Porn director? Maybe. Maybe he started in that too. But like that's how they met. And then he kind of, they got into a little relationship where they're like discussing all of their horror movie ambitions and just talking about that genre and kind of fell in love with it. So what did Craven do in the porn industry? He was a writer? <laughs> like, I mean, are there really elaborate scripts? I don't know. I'm so I mean, it, they left out a lot of part. detail. Like this is, mm-hmm. it's really how, I mean, maybe he has a whole biography, but from the, like the newspaper articles and Wikipedia and things like that, that I pulled from, they kind of glazed over that because you've you got to consider like he has a huge career. Well, totally. <clears throat> and it may be that he obviously doesn't, you know, want his claim to fame to be the porn. I don't industry, know. But. Yeah. I'm just like, that's, that blows my mind right Maybe there. Maybe he did write the scripts. Are there, like, you know, scary pornos? <laughs> I bet. I mean, there's there's a lid for every pot. I bet there is. Probably. I bet there is some super creepy horror pornos. But, uh, yeah, so he kind of encouraged Craven to start writing horror movies. And it was actually an outlet for him because he grew up with so much kind of, like, angst and resentment of his super strict religious upbringing, he wanted like a way to kind of rebel and fight back. And that was kind of his therapeutic way of doing it is writing horror films. So he actually, I kind of skipped over this part. Remember how I said he hadn't watched movies growing Mm -hmm, up? mm -hmm. He didn't watch his first movie in theaters until college. That was the first time he ever watched a movie in theaters and it was To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? So that's just kind of like a little um, history about where he came from, which is kind of the unexpected when you think about creating such a gruesome film. It's funny because like I've never really thought about obviously writing like a horror movie, but you do have to be, I mean, you have to go into a dark place in your mind to think of ways to, you know, kill people and, Uh, having a whole story and a backstory behind the killer and where they come from and why they do what they do. And I always thought that for the Saw movies. Oh, those are terrible. Yeah, I don't really care for them. Like, Mm -mm. they're kind of boring. I mean, not to say that it's boring to watch people get mutilated, but, like, it's not interesting to me. It's just, like, shock value. Yeah, I don't know. Like, a story. You know, for as, like, creepy and weird as our podcast is, we sure shit on a lot of horror movies. Like, I feel like we're pretty picky about the ones we actually like. I, because I don't, I think we like the more, like, realistic ones. Or ones that tell a 
creepy story yeah. like that actually have a backstory. Uh-huh. And probably because a lot of them are based on maybe a true story. Okay. Well, let me tell you one that is actually based on Loosely. slash influenced by a true story. Okay. So, Rosa, have you ever watched Wes Craven's classic Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, many a time. All right. Did you know that it's actually based on a true story? I absolutely did not. How? All right. How? Let me tell you. How? And for those of you who haven't watched this movie, let me give you a quick little synopsis. So the classic slasher film, in the classic slasher film. No pun intended, slasher. Haha, <laughs> slasher. What? <gasps> I think that's totally intended. Oh. No. Yeah. Oh. That's why they call that's... it a slasher film. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Remember I said I was the smart they one? called it that. I don't know. Okay, keep going. That's literally what they're referring to. All right. Several Midwestern teenagers fall prey to Freddy Krueger, a disfigured might, bleh, bleh, midnight mangler who preys on teenagers in their dreams, which in turn kills them in reality. After investigating the phenom- phenomenon... Nancy begins to suspect that dark secrets kept by her and her friend's parents may be the key to unraveling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend Glenn solve the puzzle before it's too late? Oh, the end. The end. Freddie wears a really cool hat and this dark green and dark red striped sweater. And he's burned, like crazy he burned. So, Freddy himself came from Craven, Craven's childhood memory of a drunken man in a fedora. Oh. And a sweater. Oh. Lurking outside his house. Oh. So, when he was growing up, he remembers waking up one night because he heard this creepy sound outside of his bedroom window. And when he looked outside, he saw this homeless man who was terribly like burned and disfigured. Oh my gosh. Outside of his bedroom window underneath a street light. And that's what Freddy Krueger is based on. And he initially thought it was just a dream. It was just a nightmare. So he tried to go back to sleep. And when he woke up again, the man was still there. So oh, he knew it was reality. That is crazy. Right? It gets crazier. Okay. So Freddy Krueger, the name, he was actually named after a high school bully. So he used, a, I, don't, I don't think the last name is the same. It was like something very, very similar. Uh-huh. But he, that name was inspired by a bully in high school that just yeah, the m- name became the villain. Freddy isn't like necessarily a scary name. It's more like, you know, Fred from Scooby-Doo and Fred. Fred Flintstone, like it's kind of almost like a silly Fred um, from I Love Lucy. Yeah, Mertz, Fred Mertz. Yeah, is that their last name? Uh-huh. No. Uh huh. No. So it's it's almost kind of a silly, fun name, but not when you say Kruger behind it. Well, let me tell you about some things that aren't so silly and fun. So Craven found inspiration for the film through an article that he read in L.A. Times. So he remembered this story about a refugee child who I believe was from Cambodia. And this was during the Cambodian genocide. So in the 70s and 80s, there's a bunch of these South East Asian refugees that came to the United States that were fleeing from genocide. They were fleeing from uh, Vietnam War 
conflicts, things like that, like not great things going on in that part of the world at the time. Right. And they came to the United States. And one of these refugees was just probably traumatized, I imagine. And he was so scared that he would not fall asleep at night because every time he fell asleep, he would have these nightmares. And it just went on for days. He was trying to fall asleep and he wouldn't want to fall asleep because it was too scary. And his parents were trying to get him to fall asleep and they tried giving him sleeping pills. And he still wouldn't fall asleep even after taking these sleeping pills. He would just have these night terrors Mm -hmm. and he would just scream in the middle of the night. And his parents were just like trying to get him to just get some rest. And finally, one night he fell asleep and his parents thought oh gosh finally like you know it's it's he's sleeping it's mm-hmm. fine and then they hear just this blood curdling scream come from the bedroom and of course they get up and they go to check on on him again and he had died in that nightmare no this is true this is a true story so how did he die did it say uh well it was actually here let me read you Um, his description of it really quick he said this um, is the dad this is craven okay like his retelling of the article he says when he finally fell asleep his parents thought the crisis was over then they heard screams in the middle of the night craven told vulture which is the magazine la times yeah Uh Uh, by the time they got to him he was dead he had died in the middle of the nightmare so this actually like you mentioned wasn't well, you didn't mention this, but this wasn't an isolated incident. And it was something that was investigated because nobody really knew how he died. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a really strange thing. But the more they looked into it, they found that dozens of these Southeast Asian refugees in the America, in the America? In the U.S., <laughs> died from unknown reasons in their sleep in the 1980s. And this mysterious death was usually among young men in their 20s and 30s from that ethnic group. And it affected a large enough segment of the population to cause public health experts to investigate. So initially, they were really puzzled. There's all of these refugees from, um, they were like Laotian, they were Cambodian, all of these Southeast Asian refugees. Uh, Many of which were involved in the Vietnam War and more than 30,000 of these soldiers who helped the U.S. fight communism in that time uh, were killed. And they were killed at a rate 10 times higher than the actual U.S. soldiers. So if you imagine like how devastating that was for people from the United States, our U.S. soldiers coming back to the United States, how hard it was for them, this was even worse. I mean, not to really compare trauma because you can't really compare trauma. But if you look at it like number wise, number wise, yes. But then also, so you have these U.S. soldiers coming back to the U.S. after they went through that horribly traumatic experience. But then you also have these other people from Southeast Asia now being refugees because they can't stay where they are because they will be killed Mm -hmm. coming to the U.S. and experiencing this culture shock. So they went through this terribly traumatic experience. They had to leave their home country, the, everything that they knew left behind, come into this entirely foreign community to them that's culturally night and day. Oh, totally. Uh, so yeah, I can imagine it would be extremely traumatic. But the crazy thing is, could it possibly be so traumatic that it will kill you in your dreams? 
That's the real question. That's what they were researching. That's what they were researching because it was happening and it was happening it to a point where it's like, oh shit, something's up. And But it was only men or primar- primarily men? It was only men. So and that's from the 20s and 30s? In the 20s, which would Their be age. like, yeah, uh-huh. the, which would be the people who would be involved, you would think. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. It's super weird. So here's a quote from that LA Times article. One 1981 article describes the scene of a Laotian refugee relocated to the U.S. from a refugee camp in Thailand with his family. But shortly after settling in his new country, 47-year-old young Lin Tao died in his sleep with his wife beside him in tears. He was the fourth Hmong man to die while sleeping in nine months and the 13th nocturnal Hmong death recorded since 1978 according to the article so yeah he was a little bit older out of the the typical range Uh but yet the 13th to die in that very same way so investigators couldn't find any medical explanation for these deaths but many community members attributed to the deaths to chemical nerve gas they thought maybe that contributed to it because that's something that they use in the vietnam war sure but that was very very quickly rolled out because remember the the women you know the wives and the children who were also exposed they weren't experiencing this so that was that was like the first thing they thought of but they really really quickly ruled that out other believed that they were being punished by the spirits of their ancestors for leaving their homeland and this that's sad it is really sad but it's really interesting because their anxieties were centered around the inability to do right by their ancestral spirits because you're no longer there so you've like given up on your your heritage your community you you lost Abandoned the fight, it. essentially. Mm-hmm. You had to move on. So, yeah, what do you think about that? The ancestral spirits haunting them and basically, like, saying, this is, you You were supposed to be here with us, and you left and gave up on our, our culture. So now we're going to punish you by killing you in your sleep? Maybe. I mean, that's a pretty severe punishment. It is. I don't, I don't know. I that's an avenue I want to look further into because that's super interesting. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm super ignorant about Southeast Asian, Asian cultures. cultures. That was creepy. <laughs> I, I don't know. And that's exactly what the scientists said. Right? And that's why they called it the fatal ailment called sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. Doesn't that sound metal? Sons. Sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome. So it's been investigated by the Center of Disease Control for a really long time. And these waves of death that were all among Southeast Asian men uh, is still unexplained to this day. There's a lot of different theories, but nobody really knows why these guys fall asleep. It's very often they experience what seems like a nightmare because they're like screaming Uh and they're sleep and like flailing around you know like they're struggling there's something in their sleep that just kills them it's almost like a heart attack because they're so, so scared in their sleep right so this one doctor his name is dr um 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 suggests that years of stress uh, could be a contributing factor, which, well, yeah. 
So like what you said, maybe it's like a heart attack. So this cardiologist named Dr. Um suggests that possibly these years of stress, like we were talking about before, could contribute to this seemingly maybe a heart disease. And he says it was a reflection of the stressors that comes with being forcibly removed from a familiar world to a completely alien and sometimes even hostile, because you've got to take that into consideration too, environment. Okay, but okay, so let me let me tell you where my mind is going. Tell me. So there are lots and lots of kids in the foster care system that have been living in horrible, horrible situations and removed from them forcibly. You know, maybe mom or dad were abusive, um, withheld food, beat, physically, mentally, oh, however. Yeah. Horrible Terrible things. Situation. It takes, you know, unfortunately, a lot to get removed from a home. So they're removed from the only home they've ever known. They're children, you know, young most of the time put into a home that they don't know anyone and uh, unfortunately again a lot of the times those foster care homes aren't the best situation right there's some that are amazing that all the people want to do is help those kids but there are some that are not good at all so I feel like that would be a similar again you can't really compare one trauma to another but I feel like that's the the, where my mind was going like thinking of something that I can kind of relate this to uh-huh because uh, I've worked with kids like that sure and uh, I just I've never heard of this happening to children before thank god but isn't that kind of similar yeah and I, I get what you're saying so they're like these people are experiencing something that is going to cause terrible horrible nightmares that can be extremely scary but they weren't so scared that they were literally scared to death like these southeast right. asian men were so I almost wonder if there's some sort of genetic uh, traits or abnormality that causes these men to have some sort of undetectable heart condition that literally can make their heart scared to death. Well, I believe I've read before statistically that uh, night terrors are more common in men than women. Really? And, I and, didn't know that. And male children as well. Okay. Uh, also vivid uh, dreaming. and Really? Um, nightmares as a whole like talking in your sleep and and moving or kicking in your sleep I mean obviously it does happen with women too but I feel statistically it's more prevalent in men that's kind of funny because when I think about like people talking about their dreams and oh my gosh let me tell you about this crazy dream I had should we look it up in the dream book it's always gross I don't think of men doing that no but I also feel like women have more pleasant dreams Maybe. I just, I just feel like the men in my life don't even remember their dreams. But when they do, are they mainly negative? I don't know. Oh. I don't Maybe know. we should ask, like, do a poll on our Instagram. Okay. Like, do you remember your dreams? Do you normally have good dreams, bad dreams? We'll have to have some little questions. We'll do a little poll. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> let's do some poll dancers. Yes. Some cold um, answers. I, yeah, I think all of that is super fascinating. And we've talked about dreams a few times now. We've talked about your, you did lucid dreaming. We did uh, the hypnosis dreaming. Right. We've done sleepwalking mm-hmm. and sleep paralysis. Yep. 
So yeah, I think all of that stuff is super, super interesting. But it's also still so unknown. There's so much that we don't know about dreams. Like, I mean, we don't even really know why we dream. It's, you know, just a, a way of our minds trying to process Dumping things. data at the end of the day. But it's weird. Dreams are weird. It's very bizarre. And um, kind of as I mentioned, they, they never really found out exactly what caused this. It's just a bunch of different theories. And they did narrow it down to being that particular demographic of people. But I wanted to do a little bit more research and kind of try to figure out, like, is it truly them going through such traumatic experiences that their dreams are so scary that they were scared to death. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to find out. Is it possible to be scared to death? I'm going to just say yes, strictly because that is like a saying. Yeah. But have you ever heard of anybody literally being scared to death? I've heard scared shitless. Well, we all and, know that's true. And scared the shit out of you. Yeah, that's a that's, real thing. Yeah, that's verifiable. But I, I've heard of animals being scared to death. I've like, heard... Like a fainting goat? Well, they're not dying. They're just taking a little... But animals have died because they've been so scared? Yeah. Like rabbits? Rabbits are one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and Birds sometimes can be scared to death. Uh, I know there's this one... I don't remember it, what it was is called. Is that a punch at me? Because I killed your bird. You killed my birds. Well, I froze them. You froze my birds. Well, I didn't on in on purpose. Remember when you were gone? So I spent days <laughs> walking around looking for my little pet canaries that you supposedly let out. They got away from you while you were pet sitting. No, this is when it was like mom said to put them outside. Remember? And it was like a nice tropical storm. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, it froze. You better cut this out. (laughs) He's going to come after you. Remember that? I think you're thinking of two different times. Oh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm getting the bird murders mixed up. Oh, God. I'm a horrible person. All right. So, yeah, birds can be scared to death. There's Mm -hmm. certain species of birds that have been uh, like people have tried to trap them to kind of do like a... I don't know if they're doing studies on them or trying to scare to, them to kill them. No, they're not trying to kill them. They're trying to trap them to study them and they just die. Oh, so that, that was yeah. like the study. So the thing is, people actually can be scared to death. It is a real thing. It's not a very common thing, thankfully, but it can happen. So I need to find my spot on my page. Um, yeah, so fear can have extreme physiological effects, and in rare conditions, it can be fatal. So this intense emotion can trigger a heart attack, which is what causes most people to be scared to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, even without underlying heart conditions, can actually have this heart attack and be scared to death. So this is what happens. You go into a condition called cardiomyopathy, and it's caused by your brain's fight or flight response occurring Mm -hmm. after a physical or emotional stress. Sure. Um, This is often called a broken heart syndrome. So if you've ever heard of, um, sometimes this happens in like, well, sometimes I think this is a rare thing, but I think this has happened in like elderly couples when one of them dies and the other person is so distraught, distraught and sad and brokenhearted that they end up dying couple Shortly days after. a week later mm-hmm. right I've heard of that yeah okay so let me give you like the scientific breakdown of what is going on like in your body at this time 
from this quote from cardiac surgeon Mark Gelinov. So he says, most people think they're actually having a heart attack because of the shortness of breath and chest pain that do occur in both. But those with stress cardiomyopathy don't have blocked coronary arteries and often recover quickly. Some typical physical effects of adrenaline-infused fight-or-flight responses triggered by our brain when we're scared are increased in uh, increases the heart rate, blood pressure, and blood glucose levels. So generally what happens, it seems like it's like a certain type of a heart attack, but it's not a normal heart attack. So I think in a normal heart attack, your arteries, right, are being clogged. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how that happens? You have like a blockage. Of some sort, yeah. And this instead is a bunch of adrenaline released by being so stressed that it causes swelling, And that can sometimes recover, hopefully, most of the times recover, and it goes back to normal. Mm -hmm. Or it can be so severe that it literally causes your heart to stop. Which is much more rare. I sure hope so. Yeah, I think it is. But, I mean, you're reading some of that, like, you know, fight or flight and adrenaline and, you know, pumping and stuff. And you think, like, that's kind of the fun if you go to, like, a, a, you know, scare house type thing, a whore house. Not a whore house. A horror house. And, you know, people are jumping out at you and you scream and, ah, it's funny for us, you know, but your heart actually has a physical response. Your heart starts beating faster. Uh Uh-huh. And And you do get that surge of adrenaline. You do. And then also, like, with anxiety, because it's a scary situation that you're in. Isn't that fun? And there's a physical response, you know, like, you know, sweats and heart palpitations and you know so you are getting that stuff but luckily most people I would hope have more of a healthy heart healthy arteries and whatnot but if you don't I wonder if stuff like that type situations could put you in to a heart attack situation probably I would think so I we're getting know. real scientific yeah, remember that one time we couldn't figure out what pulmonary meant? No. That's because we were both drunk. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had people message us about that. I'm like, We were drinking a lot, yeah. apparently. Oh, that's funny. I don't even remember that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the end of my story. So you can. You can die. from In your sleep. In your sleep. Your from nightmares being scared. can kill you. So they can Freddy, scare you to death. Freddie, if he is in your nightmares... He might not slice you open with his razor finger. If you die in your sleep, you die in real life. I kind of want to watch those movies again. I do too. It's like been a I really, really long and time. you know, there are so many. There was like four of them, but it's been a really long time. I haven't watched them in quite a while. Well, then there were the whole like Freddy versus Jason. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of sad. Because, like, it's, okay, obviously it's a scary movie, but the true story is almost scarier. It is. On that note. Don't fall asleep. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Oh, I forgot about that. Three, four, you better lock the door. Five, six, crucifix. Seven, eight, better stay up. Late nine ten, you'll never sleep again. 
How do I remember that? I don't know. I am impressed. I don't know how you remember that. <laughs> you don't remember what you did yesterday. I don't. I don't remember <laughs> what I had for lunch today. Uh, yeah. So was that interesting at least? I mean, I was very into it. Okay. So well, you're going to have fun editing all of my stall outs. Hey, there, I edited 20 minutes of screaming from a bat <laughs> so I can edit out, edit out stumbles. Okay. Uh, would you like a last thought and a shot? Sure. Okay. Oh, real quick. Oh, go. Um, I'm assuming that wasn't the same. It isn't. No. Okay. Because I was, no, not, uh-uh. So you're going to, you're going to tell us a story about a different movie. A someday. different movie. Yeah. That someone messaged me about and said, oh, did you know da 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 da, da is a true story? True story. And I said, no, I'm going to research now. Cool. I'm excited. So. This is the Ripple Movie Podcast, where we bash every horror movie. <laughs> I like Fred. Uh, I always do. You always call it Freddy Krueger because I never call it Nightmare on Elm Street. Very, very yeah. rarely. Yeah, it's, it's the, a good the movie. Freddy movies. Yeah, the Freddy movies. I think they're good. Yeah. Um, I just remember how I was saying about Freddy and Freddy being silly a name. There is that whole something at Freddy's night like, at the video game. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, creepy. One, yeah, it's a scary video it's game, a, right? It's about, if I remember right, it's animatronics, which are freaking scary to and begin with, that come, come to, to life. life. Yeah. So and you have I, to, like, escape them. Or, I've never played it. I think you spend the night in Oh, yeah, so it's the called theme One Night park. at Freddy's. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and you have to avoid being killed by animatronics I mean, that, that is, come to life at night. And not have a heart attack. While you're running away from them. Terrifying. Horrible. So I have my two truths and a lie. Oh, I wasn't sure if you were going to do that this time because I didn't have like a location. I, I found um, some fun um, Nightmare on Elm Street facts. Oh, okay. So let's see how well you remember this movie. I don't at all. I should have watched it. I don't know why I didn't think well, to that. Do should that should be your homework. It should be. I feel like I did a really bad job if I didn't even rewatch the movie. Wow. Well. To watch a whole movie is a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. Okay. Okay. So here's the first one. Remember, I'm telling you two Nightmare on Elm Street facts that are true and one that is a lie. Okay. And you need to pick the lie. Okay. So the first Nightmare on Elm Street takes place in upstate New York. The second one was Freddy Krueger only appeared in the movie for seven minutes and the next one is the original script freddy was supposed to be a child molester Ooh. okay i think the first one is the lie that it was supposed to take place in upstate new york well, no i thought you said it did or it took place in upstate new york i mean no because it took place in the midwest Oh, look at you. Okay, so the film was long rumored to be set in the town of Mad Stop, which is Potsdam backwards, but actually takes place in Springwood, which is later called Springwood, Ohio. And so this is like kind of a myth that came from, you know, Craven coming from New York, New York and everything. So that's industry. kind of where, <laughs> where that connection yeah. came from. So I, I think... Just, well, I think even in my description, I mentioned the Midwest, but just reading back kind of like the synopsis and different 
people's memories of the movie and them kind of dissecting it and stuff, I got enough info that reminded me of of kind of, of the, a more Midwesty, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, feel to it, which I think is is more scary because it's more rural. Yeah, you feel like less bad things are gonna happen. Where in New York, I feel like everybody's gonna kill you. <laughs> There's just people <laughs> everywhere. So I think it's crazy that Freddy Krueger was only in the movie for seven minutes. That kind of makes sense, though. Well, I think there's a lot, a lot of suspense, right? Yeah. So I guess it's like he um kind of, they compared on this to Anthony Hopkins only having 16 minutes of screen time for his first go around as Hannibal Lecter. Glorious. Hey. Do you remember when we went to a really fancy hotel and drank some really fancy wine? <laughs> and I was Freddy Krueger and got... Oh, no. We got to tell this whole story. <laughs> okay, so go. Rosa and I went to this really fancy hotel wine agriculture conference. It was for educators and agriculture. It was, like, it was fancy. Like, it was like a formal thing. Like, you're supposed to be a professional person there. I was not. And, and it took place... It, were, it was in Petaluma, which is like wine country Sonoma area, right? Right. And uh, during this conference, they gave every table two bottles of wine. You had a, a red, red and wine a white. and a white wine. Mm-hmm. After everybody finished their dinner, for whatever stupid reason, people left full on bottles of wine that they like barely touched on the tables. So Rosa and I <laughs> were Italian. <laughs> we're, we filled our arms like we had so many bottles. Well, of wine. wait, backtrack just a little bit because I don't think very many people sat at our table. I mean, they were probably really smart not to. So before we even finished the dinner, I think we had finished those bottles yeah, of wine probably from each our table. Our own bottle. Mm-hmm. Okay, now continue about us stealing all the wine. And then we stole all the wine. We took it back to our hotel room. We <laughs> unloaded. For whatever reason, we took a walking tour of the hotel room and Rosa <laughs> decided because it was No, because we were going to dad. We we're going to take some wine to dad because he was there too. Yeah, he was our in dad his, was there yeah. in his separate hotel room. Yeah. We took some to him and <laughs> Rosa went up and down. This is like a double tree hotel, like a fancy hotel where they leave warm chocolate chip cookies on your your pillow. And Rosa walks up and down the halls, like straight up scratching the walls. I must have had like 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 acrylic nails or something. I think you did because I I just walked down the hallway with my nails scratching. Uh huh. You weren't like damaging anything oh no but it was making the noise it was, it was and great. i just walked down the hallway freddie Krueger style i totally forgot about that you're right wine drunk times it was a fun time man it was super fun we need to still do our um our podcast at pierpont pierpont yeah yeah we're gonna do that okay one of these days maybe before christmas sure all right, so this was the other truth, was the original script, Freddy was a child molester. Ew. So it says, according to IMDb, the villain was changed to a child killer because producers wanted to avoid comparisons to a story in California about a series of child molestations at the time of the filming. Oh, no. So I don't know what that would be referring to. I don't know. So uh, I guess when they are filming something horrible, there's always but something horrible like, happening. 
but I guess they were originally Freddy was going to be a child molester. Okay, that one that makes it so different in like a movie I would not want to watch Mm-mm, at all. Definitely not. And two, the fact that they had to change it because that was just too real. Yeah, that's terrible. Is even worse because he and you know, that's that is it. He went after teens. Yeah, you know, in their dreams. But oh, oh I wouldn't want to watch it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch a child molestation. Don't fall asleep. You're gonna get raped by a disfigured guy in your dreams with nails of knives terrible oh gross yeah but okay. yeah but i think we should watch that movie again okay um during halloween and i may have posted this on the instagram page but there's this funny little cartoon and it's like a picture of freddie and a picture of jason and a picture of mike myers and they're sitting at a table and <laughs> said those teens deserved it changed my mind <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good kind of cute silly all right so uh next week i'm gonna tell you my movie story okay and that's it give us a follow on our social media pages give us a review and rate us and subscribe and tell all your friends how much you love rosa and angela and the ripple podcast And most importantly, don't forget to be a fountain and not a drain. Bye. Bye.